A pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Heard and watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown here. Join along in the first hour with Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. He's live in Jackson, Mississippi, site of the Soul Bowl and a sellout, a hard sellout. So congratulations to both Jackson State and Alcorn State. Guest menu for November 20th, Charles Edmund, of course, in hour number one. Then after Charles Edmund, I'm scheduled to join uh, Santoria Black of the Grambling State Network. And then last but not least, Brandon B.J. Jones of the Black College Sports Network and Inside HBCU Football. That's the guest menu on today's show. Uh, let me first... Um, Say hello and good morning to Charles Edmund. Charles, good morning to you, sir. Good morning from a loud Veterans Memorial Stadium. You're here at Michael Jackson and CYT for the young thing in the background. This place is filling up right now two hours before kickoff. I would say it's probably about 40% full right now. All the gates are open. But uh, this place was sold out as of about 5.45 yesterday evening. It's going to be well over 60,000 here, maybe a record. And uh, do me a favor, tell Rob J, congratulations, and um, answer me, answer him when I call it. I know he's a superstar, and then Coach Dale Asbury, right in Baton Rouge, but of course he's in Jackson right now, tell him I will be giving him a call, but it, it's going to be a, an exciting uh, matchup, Charles, I'll have to watch via ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, it will be. It will be an exciting matchup. There's a lot at stake, especially for all four, as we know. Braves have to win this game and to keep their hopes alive. And it's, it's going to be a challenge today. I think this is a key matchup. I think it's going to be this Braves defensive front line, either making Shadour Sanders look like a freshman or what Shadour Sanders has done, especially last week against Southern, look like a veteran and make a play. So, how will the Braves defense confuse Shadour Sanders? I think that's going to be the key. Jackson State still struggling to run the football. Ray's secondary back in is going to be tested today. Well, I, I've got a prediction coming up later in the show with, with Alcorn State and Jackson State. And, and last week, getting a chance to see Jackson State. And uh, we can get into it right now. Southern University dropped a 21 to 17 decision to Jackson State. Southern 14 to 7. At the half, but a key point, one yard away from possibly scoring and going up by two touchdowns. And by the way, there's some conversation on, should you have gone for it? I didn't have a problem with going for it. But guess what? Me, the guy that's not conservative at all, initially, I said, look, get the points. Kick the field goal. No guarantee. But then in a big game, I see Charles is disagreeing. I love it right off the bat. But you can't get one yard, but guess what? Some said the whistle didn't blow, and the second effort, he got in. I'll leave that up to everyone else to give their opinion on that, but you got to score right there. You go up, Charles, by 14 points, and just maybe it's a different game. But also, I want to come back to Southern once again. Once again, you can look at McNeese. You can look at FAMU and Jackson State. 
What is the deal with not being able to score points offensively in the second half? Jaguars dropped to four and six overall. That's a losing season. That is unacceptable to me. Three and four in conference play. Now you're playing uh, uh, for, for pride. I'm just not used to this, Charles, a losing season. And for all of the Odom sympathizers now that are going to come all out of the – they're going to come out from everywhere. No, that decision was made. Odom's – it was a business decision. And I'm not going to bring that up anymore. But with a losing season, Charles, now you hear every faction and factions coming out. But the Jaguars lose 21 to 17, and you give up 14 points in the fourth quarter. Malachi Weidman gets loose for a 50-yard pass from Shadur Sanders. Then he scores on a 13-yard pass. Once again, you can't finish if you're for Southern University. Charles, it's, it's just very frustrating. If Southern picks up two yards on two plays in two games, i.e. last week, i.e. Texas Southern, it's probably a different Western Division race right now. Um, I picked Southern to win the game, and all they had to do was finish the game. They didn't do it. And I picked Southern because, again, their backs are against the wall. Everybody's talking about them, fussing at them, cussing about them, saying how sorry they are. Follow the Black College Sports Network. And, and they rise to the occasion. And they play well against Jackson State, but can't finish the game. Their backs were against the wall against all four. People were cussing them out there, bumping at them. And what do they do? It proves the point, Carlos, that this Jaguar team can't stand prosperity. Every time you elevate them, they let you down. Every time they're down, they rise up. And I, I, I don't get it. It's, it's been proven time and again. Because all they had to get down, I would have went for them on that fourth down, Carlos. What have you got to lose? You have absolutely nothing to lose. You go for it. You throw everything at it. If you can't pick up one yard, you probably don't deserve to win a football game. So I, I, I get the frustration by the Jaguar Nation. We don't know what the coaching thing is going to look like. You know, we, we see what's happening at Grambling already. Um, but, you know, it's, it's definitely frustrating if, if you're a Jaguar fan and not being able to, to finish against two good teams, AMU and Jackson State back-to-back. It is frustrating. There's no doubt about that. Right. And, and we definitely see a pattern uh, go, going on with Southern University offensively not being able uh, to finish. 14-7 at the half. The Southern University score a touchdown right there to have one year out. Some controversy about that. Um, I didn't hear the whistle blow, of course. Not to say that I have the best hearing, but 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 then I can hear. And then the second effort, it gets in. Um, should Southern have kicked a field goal? I said I could have lived with that decision. Charles Edmonds says no. Then the uh, second half, Southern once again not scoring any point and then after the game uh, altercation and you know what um coach sanders apologized it was controversy about jack state players you know bringing the flag trying to plan it but you know what 
it's done and, and the swag office looked at it, but I don't know what decision came about. A decision that they didn't make a decision. I'm kind of confused on that. But when I look back at it, Charles, if Southern holds on, they win the ball game, then that doesn't happen. This is a heated rivalry. I've talked about it for years, and it's a healthy dislike. Now, it's just going to ramp it up for next year, but congratulations to Jackson State. After all of what we've talked about so far, they are the 2021 Eastern Division champs, Charles. They are, and, and if you look at the way that game ended, I mean, just looking at Jackson State's season at this point, I mean, the turning point, obviously, was that Alabama A&M win. I mean, who thought they would have thumped A&M the way that they did? But then I'm looking a little deeper than that. I'm looking at Texas Southern. I'm looking at Bama State. I'm looking at Valley. I'm looking at Southern. I'm looking at Bethune Cookman. They were tested all along the way. I mean, they trailed nine nothing to Bethune. They trailed by ten last week. I mean, they trailed in the third quarter to Mississippi Valley. So this this Jackson State team has been thrown against the wall, and they seem to find their way to fight out of the corner with a freshman quarterback. I mean, that's you don't see that too often in this conference. Typically, freshmen are just that freshmen. But we've seen three freshmen so far: Sanders, Body, and Bowden, uh, and all three of those. Kids are looking pretty good, but I think Sanders right now is elevated above those three. Just the poise and the pocket, what he's able to do. You know, congratulations, Jackson State, for winning the East. And I tell you what, though, Carlos, you know, when we won the Eastern Division, we're ready to go to the championship game in years past. We played Jackson State, there's been a couple of times in which we stumbled. And you know what all Knights will tell me? I'm saying, well, yeah, we lost to Jackson State, but we're playing for a championship. What do you think? By losing to Jackson State, in my mind, is considered a half a championship as far as I'm concerned. And I talked to Rob Day about it the other day, and he says the same thing for Jacksonians, the way they feel about all four. Yeah, they've wrapped up the East, but if they lose this game today, in some Jacksonians' mind, it's a half half of the division title as far as they're concerned because they lost – to a team that's really handled them over the last several years. Well, I, I don't think half of the team will go into the SWAT championship because they feel, no, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and from, from an emotional standpoint, I, I, I can really understand it. And, and by the way, with the Jackson State win over Southern, they snapped an eight-game losing streak. I had to reach out to a colleague, Charles Bishop. He said it was a long time coming. But, you know, you get accustomed, you get used to winning every year. But in a rivalry, it doesn't last forever. And so now Jackson State on a one-game winning streak against Southern University, I think it just sets it up for next year. You can't wait till next year to get here in Veterans Memorial Stadium. But some, some numbers, Charles, Southern University was able to rush for over 100 against Jackson State, 105. But they're accustomed to – rushing for much more yards for Jackson State. That that, that front seven is pretty uh, darn good. Net yards passing, 260 for Jackson State, Southern University, 205. So from a total offensive standpoint, Southern ran more plays, 69, for 310 yards. Jackson State, 53 plays they ran for 311 yards. And then time of possession, of course, Southern, 33 minutes and 17 seconds. The Jackson State's 26 minutes and 26 seconds. 
In third down conversion, Jackson State, three of eight. Southern University, wow, six of 18. Not, not, not good at all. And then Shadua Sanders, 24-31 for 260 yards. Glendon McDaniel was 16 of 24 for 176. So that's kind of from an individual standpoint. Jackson State, Eastern Division champions. Uh, Jackson State crowd was represented well at A.W. Mumford Stadium, Pete Richardson's field. Um, it's over the next year. Jackson State moves on. Now today against Alcorn State, the Soul Bowl. Is it still mentioned in that terms, Charles, the Soul Bowl? Charles, unmute your mic. talk with we've got charles for for the rest of the hour and then you got to get ready for um the allcorn state radio network uh, but we're gonna take the time out but when i come back a couple of things two important things you, you kind of mentioned it uh, we're gonna look at the the record of uh roderick Forbes out uh dr scott now the inter not the interim dr scott the athletic director at grammar state university we had kind of heard that this could possibly happen, but even after it happens, it's kind of kind of a tough situation. We'll we'll, we'll get your thoughts on that, and then also with, with Southern University Bayou Classic. I'm going to ask Charles: Do you believe that there will be an announcement coming after Bayou Classic that Southern may decide to go in another direction, and then there could be four or five openings in the Southwestern Athletic Conference? So we'll talk about. Those two issues, and then I'm scheduled to join uh, Santoria Black of the Grammar State Radio Network. He'll join me and Charles Edmund. But I'll take a timeout. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. 
We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Joined by Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. He's live in Jackson, Mississippi. Site of the Alcorn State and Jackson State football game. A complete hard sellout. That's what I'm talking about. Congratulations to both teams. I'll get a chance, Charles, to watch it on ESPN plus starting at 1 p.m. Now, let's switch gears a little bit here. I asked Charles about and get his opinion on a couple of things. But one, Grammar State University, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, announced that head football coach Broderick Fobbs has been relieved of his duties effective immediately. Linebackers and special teams coordinator Coach Terrence Graves will serve as the interim head coach for the 48th annual Bayou Classic. And and here is simply uh, Dr. Scott's quote. Earlier today, I informed head coach Broderick Fobbs of my decision to make a change in leadership of our football program. Broderick Fobbs is one of the finest human beings I've had the pleasure to meet in this industry, and he has been a tremendous role model and mentor to our young men. We appreciate his many years of service to our university and Wish him both him and his family nothing but the best. Consistent with our values as an institution, he deserves the utmost respect from Grammar State University Tiger family throughout this transition. Later, uh, Dr. Scott says a national search for a new head coach will be will begin immediately. He guided the Tigers to a 54-32 overall record which included two SWAC championships, two celebration bowl appearances, and a black college football national championship. In addition, he was a four-time SWAC coach of the year. Charles, you're a Grammar State alum. 
What's the feeling for Charles Edmund and the Grambling Knights that you've talked to? First of all, Coach Bob is a terrific human being and a terrific man, a great family man. A very typical approach to get the job done. And early on in the season, he got the job done. Clearly, it's all about what he does for me lately. Losing the last two Bayou Classics, including what happened in three quarters this spring. And I, I, I think Coach Bob, like many coaches, get caught up in the wash of politics and athletics. When you have a new AD and your football coach is not winning, typically there's going to be a change made. Now, there are some people who believe that a change should have been made long before now. Some people believe that a change should have been made before the season started. I was on a Grambling Night Zoom call in late spring. And I believe that Coach Bob, just like he put out many fires with the muscle milk and all that, and even on cold news, I think he deserves to play out his contract, which ends at the end of next season. Grandma's on the for that. Well, financially, that's one thing. But when you're not winning, your fan base, your donors, and the loved are not happy, obviously a change needed to be made. And I, I agree with some of the sentiments. Why now? Why not wait until the end of the class? That's a hard one, you know. You lose the Bethune, the tough losses, didn't play well, and obviously you make the you make the change now. You clean the deck as the season ends. You get ready to bring in another coach. It's tough. It's unfortunate. I was hoping that he would be able to salvage it, but he obviously couldn't. And a change is made. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think Coach Bob deserves to fix it. He's built on offense and all that. I just think he deserves to play out the contract and just see what happens. And obviously, the administration is all over. Well, maybe you can address this. I, I, I was told, I, was, I heard that uh, money was raised from you know, outside sources, boosters, to able to pay off that last year. Now, I, I would agree. Based on what Coach Fob has done, I, I believe he deserved another year, which is, as you stated, play out to the end of his contract. I thought he deserved that, but that's just uh, my, my opinion. I think Coach Fobbs, if he decides to continue coaching, I don't think he'll have a problem getting another uh, stop, another place to uh, coach at. Uh, the record speaks for itself and also just a fine human being as well as a fine head coach. And so he will land somewhere, just, just my humble opinion. Um, also, I was told that he was given the option of coaching in the Bayou Classic, but when the decision came down by the administration to, 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 to move on, I was told he declined. He, he effective immediately. Thus, Coach Terrence Graves now the interim. And I tell you now, we've seen Bayou Classics where Southern has been on the losing end and Grandma State had already clinched the champ, you know, clinched a berth in the championship and, and, and had great records. And they came out and you've seen some tremendous games. Nothing to play for but pride, bragging rights. But that's still special. Next week, and now the game scares me even more 
next week between Grambling State and Southern University, I, I think they're going to want to go out and give Coach Fobbs a win, technically, next week in the Bayou Classic. So that, that game just scares me. But we'll find out next week what happens with that, Charles. That was the last time Carlos the Bayou Classic was meaningless in terms of the Western Division Championship. Typically, it is been for the West. That's kind of the gold standard in the Western Division and the SWAC. And so it's kind of a different feeling for me. You know, you guys, we don't know what's going to happen in Southern in terms of their situation. We know what's happening at, at, at Grambling. Um, it, it's going to be different for sure. Um, nothing but pride and guts. Bring your own guts and just play for that uniform that you have on. Whether it's the blue or whether it's the G, it doesn't matter. It's going to be on national uh, cable TV, so you know a lot of folks going to be checking that game out. I'm just—I never thought two years ago we would be talking about Southern and Grambling programs in the state of books. I never thought I would do that. What Dawson Owens has done in Southern and what Roger Fox had done in Grambling, I thought those two were probably going to be in those schools for years to come. My, how things have changed and how times have changed. Yeah. In a twinkling of an eye, in a heartbeat, things could happen. And, and now with, with Southern, we talked about it before the last break. Um, do you? If you were in that position, do you make a change? Do And see, because he's an interim head football coach, it does allow the administration to have some flexibility to easily move on. Or do you bring him in at the end of this game and say, look, we're going to give you another shot, but you may have to make changes with your staff. Or they could just decide to go and move on, like Grandma State has decided. Where do you think this is going to end as far as next 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 week with Southern? You know, I like Coach Wallace. I met him at Media Day. Uh, really nice guy, all smiles. But it has not been good, to say the least. You know, these last couple of losses, AMU, especially Jackson State, I thought maybe after the all-corn game, you know, things would die down a little bit to where you would take a deeper look. But after these last two losses, maddening losses at that, if you're a Southern fan, uh, I don't know. I, If I were a betting man, I would say that they'll probably go in another direction. Um, the option could be you've got to clean out of coaching staff and start over there. But then when you're starting over, I mean, that's this is the other part about it. You're starting over with a hope and assumption that you're going to pick right off and do some good things. But there's a building process here. There's a process to building a program with coaches and players. And we know the Jaguar Nation's patience has worn thin. So it doesn't matter what happens. I think there's going to be a rebuild. I think there's going to be transfers. I think the program is going to be in a state of flux no matter what happens. Even if Rollins is given another year, What's another year? I mean, if you're going to stick with them, stick with them. Maybe a two-year deal? I'm not buying that. So I think it takes three, but I don't think you'll get that considering what happened this year. A one-year deal he might not take. I, I think Southern might just go in another direction if whether the administration does it or maybe Coach Rollins might decide, you know what, 
it's been nice knowing you guys, and I'm going I'm to move on as well. I do think it's going to be something a different here coming to Southern University, and I hate that because I've seen our programs take time to build with a new person in charge. you got to have a buy-in. you gotta, you got to start over, wipe the slate clean. And, Carlos, you talked about this. You have to be prepared to take some steps back. Now, people might want to say, well, we'll take four steps back and take ten steps forward. Well, you might not be taking four steps back. You might be taking seven or eight. And in the meantime, other teams are getting better, as we've seen in this conference. So you might take eight steps back or seven or six, but other teams have just raced by you. And instead of being maybe mid-level team, they're not careful. You're going to fall to the bottom tier trying to build your way back up, which is not always going to be easy to do. So it's a very precarious situation with these programs. And Southern and Grambling are kind of in that boat. And I think it's going to come down to what a critical hire for both ADs. Roman Banks at Southern University, Dr. Scott, not even there one year, and now has to make a, a decision. And it is a critical decision because what did we talk about? Even after Coach Oda's moved on, this team, this team meaning Southern University, what they had coming back, they were built for to compete for a championship. Now, they could go five and six. That means defeating Grandma State next week. Or if they lose four and seven. But what you do know is it is a losing season. So you made five, six, seven, eight steps backwards. I, I understand injuries, but everybody goes through that, some more than others. But you had a winning team. Now, unless the Springs was fool's gold, and I've talked to some coaches who believe that it was fool's gold, that people thought because you did well in the spring that you would automatically do well in the fall. Well, we see University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, they struggled. Alabama and them struggled, although they kind of on a two-game winning streak right now. But it is going to be a critical decision. What are they going to do? They're going to are they going to go out and mean Southern Grammar go after some of the same candidates? They're going to be other openings, and that decision made by Coach Banks and Doctor Scott will have repercussions for years to come. But no, by no means, Charles. They made five or six steps back, and yeah, we could say, hey, a yard here, a yard there. You had McNeese State 21 to 10 at half. You couldn't finish on that ball game. Couldn't finish up against Jackson State 17 to 7. Couldn't finish that game. FAMU, you had a lead. Couldn't finish. You may not have a choice but to go back, take a few steps back. And then, two, it's high expectations to coach at Southern University. It's specifically football, what we're talking about. It's not a good fit for everybody. You know, Coach Maynard told me at Swag Football Media Day, he said it, it's a good place to be a coach there, but he said, man, you guys, if you lose two years straight, you're out of there. And I say, well, let's not use that word or those words. Let's just say it's high expectations. But yeah, Coach Banks and uh, Coach Scott, they have to nail it. And specifically, Coach Banks, because he's been at Southern a while. 
if that's the decision they're going to make, one way or the other, Charles, he's got to nail it. He's got to nail it. Yeah, I think with Coach Banks, I mean, for me, I think he's done a, a nice job with the baseball coach, Coach Bunches, uh, being promoted to the women's basketball coach, the baseball coach. I, I think uh, Roman Banks, to me, has done a pretty, pretty decent job to this point, where it's now he's got to nail this hire big time. It's a big time hire. And the price tag is going to go up, too, by the way. What you paid the previous coach. It's not going to cut it now. We, you and I have talked about it. You talked about Fairview, Jackson, Southern, Grambling. You talk about Southern and Grambling. Price tag going to be somewhere 300000 plus, maybe close to four, to get a quality coach in there. And the Bob was making well over three. Um, Dawson Odom, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, it's going to, the price tag's going up. So now you got to go out and get a quality coach, and then you got to open the bank hall a lot wider. Some people don't agree with that at all. Some people think it's grossly overpaid. Well, too bad. That's just not what the market calls for. You, you pay what the market demands. Now, you can afford what you can afford. That's fine. But does that necessarily mean that you're going to get a bad coach? No, but you got to sweep the pot. So I think that's the other dynamic, too, if, if – and I did hear about Gremlin boosters and supporters paying out the buyout, okay? But then you get the next coach. What's the price tag going to be? Bob is making 309. What's the price tag for the next coach? Unless you get a coach with not quite as much experience, you can pay him a little less with incentives. But then the growing pain's there. So then at what point do you, you know, how far do you go with that? So there's a lot of dynamics with those two programs, Carlos. How much is the Jaguar Nation willing to pony up? How much is the Grambling Tiger Nation willing to pony up for their next coach? There's going to be some steps taken back. You know, to pick a number will be hard to do. Well, we'll take four steps back to take ten steps forward. Well, you might take more than four steps back with the way these programs are getting better. So be prepared for that. Don't be frustrated when it doesn't happen right away, because it's probably not going to happen right away. Jay Hobson did it in year one, went almost playing for the uh, division in year one. So, but it doesn't happen yet. Does it happen often? No. There's a building process for it. So I just hope Gremlinites and the Jaguar Nation just preach patience and let the administration sift through and pick out the right kind of coach, the right fit. I do think they're going to take some steps back. The question is how many and how long. How long? Better not be too long. But there is a decision that has to be made. And you can also look at maybe uh, a Division II coach that has had tremendous success and is hungry to make a move up. That is an option as well. But yeah, the market will demand, you know, I'm going to say 300000 plus. And can you afford it? That's one thing. Um, in the next coming uh, weeks, I'm going to uh, put that you can see visually Southern University has a master uh, campus uh, plan where they're going to spend upwards of $200 million for improvements. And in those improvements going to be uh, some athletic improvements. And, and I've seen the renderings, um, a parking garage, double-decker parking garage, and then also uh, indoor practice facilities. So those are major things. And, and if they're able to do that, then that shows the commitment to not only the academic side with 
you know, and athletics. Once again, it'll go back down to does the administration slash athletics uh, department, where do they want to move in this situation? It's going to be interesting to see after the Bayou Classic what happens. Will we see an announcement by Southern University one way or the other to let everyone know what decision they've made and what direction they're going in? You know, it's always the same saying, we're moving in another direction. Well, this direction has to be right. And once again, it's going to be on A.D. Roman Banks to get this hire if you decide to do that right. Get the decision right. Whatever way, whatever decision you decide to make, you're going to have to live with it. With that being said, time for another timeout. You're simply watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Me and Charles will be right back. We are back. For the first time in 62 years, the Florida Memorial Lions will hit the gridiron. And their home games will be streamed by the Black College Sports Network at www.fmuathletics.com, www.mybcsn.net, and on the MyBCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. So we've got a good thing going. 
Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm joined by Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. I guess you could say co-game of the week in the conference, Alcorn State and Jackson State and Jackson, Mississippi, and then the Florida Classic coming up later today between Bethune, Cookman, and FAMU. And, boy, Charles, I've been watching um, some videos on social media from uh, band videos to football teams making videos. I tell you what. I've heard about it for a lot of years, and that's one of my um, bucket list things to do. Charles, we need to go to the Florida Classic. It is intense, my man. It is very intense. It kind of reminds me of uh, Southern and Jackson State as far as how intense the rivalry is. But, Charles, we're going to get ready to talk about uh, last week's ball games and um, kind of get your uh, thoughts on, on some of the games and then get your predictions for this week's game, and then we'll say goodbye to you. And once again, we appreciate the time uh, coming with us here on the Carlos Brown Show. Uh, Bethune-Cookman, two games in a row over Grambling State, 31-14. to Mississippi Valley State over Alabama State, 44-31. to I, Did you get that one right, Charles? Or we both predicted uh, Alabama State to win that ball game. I think we predicted Alabama State. I, I had, I think I had Alabama State to win that game. Uh, again, you know, Coach Dancy just got a new contract. Uh, I think that's terrific. That is absolutely terrific, and he is well deserving of it. I mean, this this guy works his tail off, and so he's very very much deserving. We're talking about getting rid of coaches, and I didn't know Coach Dancy's contract was coming up. I mean, I didn't think there would even be a discussion of whether or not he would be re-upped or not. I think that was a no-brainer, but it took a little time to filter through, so congratulations to him. But yeah, I, I have we have Bama State. I just didn't know what Valley's mindset was. You know, they lost three big home games against three swag uh, teams in which they could have controlled the Eastern Division, but they dropped those games. You wonder, you know, you read the news of some of the players transferring and all that, you just wonder how much they got left in the tank. And for them to play that game against that team, and to win that game, I, I thought it was uh, something special for Valley. And you keep your head coach. So congratulations to them. Yeah. Congratulations to Coach uh, Dancy. Well-deserved. And a Mississippi Valley State team that had a lot of tough opponents at home, and they were in basically every ball game. So the future looks bright. A hard-working guy, Coach Dancy. FAMU continues to be on a roll, and they're hoping for a FCS at-large bid. I think it's going to be tough, but, hey, FAMU 
over Arkansas Pine Bluff, 37 to 7. And then Alcorn State over Prairie View, 31 to 29. I was listening to the fourth quarter, Charles, and let's just say this. Prairie View got off to a bad start. Alcorn State was rolling. But I knew Prairie View would make a run. It's kind of like in a basketball game. You know a run is coming. When will it come? And then Prairie View storms back. And then they're marching down the field. And it looked like to me they were setting up for a field goal. And then, lo and behold, fumble. And Alcorn capitalized on the fumble. Let me ask you, Charles, the Brave Nation, did they feel a little bit <laughs> lucky with that with that fumble? And how did they feel about Purview storming back? But congratulations, Alcorn. Hey, stayed alive technically, winning 31 to 29. Well, you can hear a pan drop in the stadium in the last 30 seconds because you saw what Purview was trying to do. They were trying to get it line it up in center center of the field. We kick the field goal and win the game. Um, but the worst possible thing that could have happened to Prairie View happened, and the best possible thing that could have happened for us happened. You know, uh, my, my partner, Cedric Bush, who played football at Alcorn, said that's nothing more than a Sphinx jinx. That's all that is. A Sphinx <laughs> jinx is alive and well. And you have to believe it after something like that happened. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate. We're fortunate to get the win. But if you're just a football fan, I think Dooley probably outdid himself on that one. I mean, he was in field goal range. He had a timeout in his pocket. You know, I was expecting Pass to probably take a knee and burn the final timeout. Two seconds left, kick the field goal. I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff. You just you're just thinking about what what the heck's going on. But you know, the Braves got the victory. It was a fumble. It was ruled down and then overturned. So uh, we got the win. We keep our hopes alive, and for Prairie View, now they got to see what happens here. It's, it's, it's interesting because they are playing Texas A&M right now. I'm sure Dooley has got – somebody's got a TV or sending, sending them messages once the, our game starts at 1, what's going to happen because he's got to play that game at College Station, play it through to see what's going to happen next week if the Braves win this game. So in, interesting dynamics, but I, I'm glad we got the win. But clearly, Prairie View had everything going their way, and they screwed it up. Well, they're down 24 to 0 to Texas A&M right now. How in the Sam Hill, I wanted to say something else, but you scheduled Texas A&M this late in the season. Then you got Mississippi Valley next week that's not going to be a, a easy win or it's going to be a tough ball game. Do do you sit does somebody call and say, "Hey man, sit some of your starters." You're down 31 to nothing or 38. Let's shut it down. Get ready for for next week. Uh, but if you're a true competitor, uh, I'm sure you're going to still want to try your best in this ball game. But uh, wow, that that game should have been scheduled in the beginning of the year. Just just my opinion. But they're picking up a big check, I guess. So you know how that goes. Yeah, I think it's four hundred thousand dollars. I think is what they're getting. You know, the two schools are only like 63 miles apart. I get it. Prairie View's a part of the Texas A&M system. I get it. They want to help their program out. They want to help their sister school out. I get it. But um, with it being 24 to nothing, my guess is that 
pass and those other guys probably won't play the second half, just seeing how this Alcorn game goes. Um, but, you know, I, I, I agree with you. Playing that game at this time of year is very unusual. But when somebody hands you $400,000, regardless of what time of the year it is, you take that. And Brady is definitely taking that check. And, unfortunately, uh, they're, they're losing big as well. Well, Jackson State, Eastern Division champs, 7-0. and zero. In conference play, 9-1 overall, a seven-game winning streak. Uh, FAMU, 6-1 and one in conference, 8-2 and two overall. They're on a seven-game winning streak. We, we can tell the teams that are playing well at this time of year. Alabama and them now on the uh, three-game winning streak, 4-3 and three in conference, 6-3 and three overall. Then Alabama State, 2-5, and five, Valley, 2-5, and five, Bethune-Cookman, 2-5, 2-8 and five, two and eight on a two-game uh, winning streak, Alabama State on a four-game losing streak. Prairie View and them, 6-1 and one in conference. Alcorn State, 5-2. and two, Southern, 3-4. and four. Grandma State, 2-5. and five. Texas Southern, 2-5. and five. And Arkansas Pine Bluff, 1-6. Uh, Today's games for Saturday, November 20th. Well, Prairie View and them at Texas and them. The last update I, I got was 24-0. Uh, Texas and them. No need, Charles, to pre- have a prediction on that ball game. It's already started. But Alcorn State and Jackson State. Hmm. Charles, I think I'll go first. I saw the Jackson State team defense is as dominant as was told to me, but getting to see it firsthand, they are the real deal. Offensively, they can throw it. Shadula Sanders, grasp of the offense, he can get it done. Now, running game for uh, Jackson State is still has to be improved. I wouldn't even say a work in progress. But with all that said, Jackson State can go undefeated in conference. They win the day, but Charles, when I said but, I'm going with Alcorn State with, uh, can I say upset? Can I upset? Because I look at an Alcorn State, to me, offensively, they're more well-rounded than Southern University's offense who you know, only scored three points in the second half. I'm putting all the pressure on Alcorn State's offense to play one of their better games. They can run it. They can throw it. Call me crazy, and I'm sure some Jack State fans will. By the way, I picked Jack State last week against Southern. But I, I think Alcorn's going to pull off an upset. They're going to get the win. I hope so. I mean, that, that, that sounds that's a great analogy, a great prediction. I'm going I'm, to I'm say this. We looked at this season. We started with Alabama A&M. Remember early on, they were winning these close games, and I said it's not sustainable. Then Grambling tipped them up, then they went in a rut. Then it was Southern University. Then it was Alcorn. So Jackson State now is in that boat where they're winning. They're doing just enough to win but not doing a, a lot to lose it, if you know what I mean. The Southern game is a classic example where Jaguars pick up a touchdown late in the first half. I think they probably win the game. Uh, I think for the Braves, what they're going to have to do, defensively, they're going to bring pressure on Sanders, and they're going to have to get home. If they don't get home, Jackson State's got some receivers that are terrific that can go get it. 
And we saw it against Southern University, how those 50-50 jump balls, especially in that last drive in which Southern got kicked the field goal, I think I think Shador Sanders is going to try to stretch the field. So we got in order in order for that not to happen, you got to get pressure. You got to you got to move the pocket and you got to get to it. That's number one. Uh, Jackson State can't run the football. They're they're near the bottom of the league in rushing, so that helps our cause as well. So they're going to throw the ball all over the lot. Offensively, we have to be smart. In the third quarter, we were trying to milk clock, and even though fans believe that. We were being conservative. Fred McNair said on the show Monday night, he is not conservative. He's trying to score every time he gets it. So he's trying to push the envelope. The Braves got to push the envelope from start to finish if they're going to win this game. And the biggest caveat, special teams. Special teams, punt and kickoff coverage. Jackson State is terrific on kickoff returns and very good on punt returns. We gave up a 90-yard you know, kickoff return against Bethune a couple weeks ago. We did a good job of keeping the, kicking the ball in the back of the end zone last week. We got to do that again. So special teams doesn't get in the way. If the Braves can manage the game, don't turn the football over. Don't hurt themselves with pre-snap penalties, something we've had here over the last few weeks. I think we'll have a shot. But for this game, it's the biggest game of their lives for some of these for some of these guys here. You know, playing in a game like this in front of 65, 66,000 people. It's going to be nerve-wracking early on, but I think the Braves have to make the statement early and often, and they got to put Jackson State away because we see if they hang around, they'll find a way to win the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting everything on Felix Harper and Pringle, and I really believe Jackson State will face a better passing team than they did last week, who consistently Southern passing game is just limited. Let's just – Put it that way. And I'm, I'm betting that Alcorn State, a better passing attack and balance, being able to run the football, I think they got a shot. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with Alcorn State. Arkansas Pine Bluff at Alabama A&M. Charles, I'm going to take Alabama A&M. Pine Bluff, it's, they're just not, they're just not a, a, a good team. They, they're not. Alabama A&M is, seems to be – Back explosive on offense, and then a kill glass. Boy, what what a game last week! Alabama and them, they'll make it four in a row. I got Alabama and them. That's one p.m. on the Alabama and them sports network. And by the way, Alcorn State and Jack State on ESPN Plus. Charles, what say you? Yeah, I think Alabama and them. It's going to bounce back. I mean, they, they had their, their root in the mid part of the season. It's going to be interesting to see how Maynard's going to handle things. That defense, is he going to make any changes there? What changes is he going to make after winning the championship in the spring? He might stand back and just say, you know what, we'll tweak some things and we'll be back next year. Uh, I, I don't know what he's going to do there, but clearly his defense has got to get better if uh, if if they want to you know get back to the top of the mountain in the Eastern Division. But today I do have Alabama and m Pine Bluff has just fallen off the map. You know, we were picked, we, they were picked to finish fifth. And it looks like, you know, the prognosticators have it right. I was dead set against it because how are you going to downgrade your Western Division champs? But clearly, after the Alcorn game, they had nothing left in the tank. Inconsistent quarterback play, the defense on the field too long. Uh, you know, Doc Gamble's got some work to do in the offseason. I would agree. 
Texas Southern and Alabama State. Wow, this is kind of a tough one. Texas Southern, it's like Alabama and them. They can score a ton of points, but they can't stop anybody. Alabama State on a four-game losing streak. Charles, I don't know. What do you think on this ball game? Do you go with the offense or do you go with Alabama State maybe playing better at home? I'm going with Texas Southern. I see a quarterback and body that's going to be pretty good. Um, he just made some freshman mistakes against us that I just remember that game. If he doesn't make that mistakes, we're in a, if he doesn't make those mistakes, we're in a dog fight in that game. So he's going to continue to get better. I think Coach McKinney has a very separate approach. That defense has got to get better. I'm, I'm going with I'm going with Texas Southern in this game. I think, you know, Battle State, they're going to be looking for a coach, Dr. Cables. You know, I'm going to be on the grind trying to find a coach there. But uh, I think right now Texas Southern's in a good place and a good space. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick Texas Southern to win that game. I'd have to agree with you because I've been kind of going back and forth. Texas Southern will be a force offensively. If they can make a major overhaul and get better on defense, their team to to watch that can get, get better for next year. But uh, I, I'll take Texas Southern in this ballgame as well. Florida Classic. And by the way, Texas Southern Alabama State, you can see it on ESPN Plus at 2 o'clock. Bethune-Cookman and FAMU, 2.30 p.m. ESPNU. Charles, I know Bethune-Cookman is on a tremendous streak against FAMU. FAMU is trying to get in that large bid. My heart says Bethune-Cookman, but my head says FAMU. They want to end this streak. I'm going to take FAMU in a dogfight as usual. I'm going to go with FAMU, but I would not be surprised if the streak continues, the winning streak for Bethune-Cookman University. I'm rolling with Willie Simmons, Carlos. You know, at the beginning of the season, that FAMU Jackson game, remember what I said? I said, whoever loses that game is going to be smart the whole year. Ryan Fulford, our producer, is a FAMU grad. He's been smart the whole year. Uh, Jackson State just did not, just, just did not, you know, let it down after beating FAMU. Uh, I think Willis is going. And I think for Bethune, I think this is, look, I think it's a pressure game for both coaches. Both teams in the SWAC. I think FAMU's in a better place. There's a lot of pressure, I think, for Bethune's coach because a lot of people feel like he has not gotten it done, even though he's won the last couple of games. I think this is pressure packed in terms of recruiting, you know, big time. I, I think this is a big game for recruiting purposes as well. But I'm going with Willie Simmons. I'm, I'm rolling with the Rattlers, and I got FAMU winning that game. I think they got it all going right now. Well, we're in agreement as I hear. I guess that's the sonic boom of the South has entered the stadium. Charles, appreciate the time. Uh, I know you got to get ready for uh, the pregame on the Alcorn State Radio Network. Have a great broadcast. Um, tell your mother and sister hello, and I love that picture that I saw with Coach McNair. Now there's two pictures of two ladies we love <laughs> that have uh, taken pictures with Coach McNair. I guess I'll get one in one day. <laughs> but appreciate the time, Charles. Have a great weekend.
Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football and, of course, on the Black College Sports Network. You're watching Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I shall return. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. To this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Now I'm joined by Brandon B.J. Jones. I simply call him the football analyst and the Coles Brown Show football analyst, all things Black College football and Black College football and college football. B.J., is it afternoon? Yeah, afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Yes, man. How's it going? I, with this new time shift, I get mixed up between morning and afternoon. It's even afternoon and Central Standard Time as well. 
Yeah, man, I've I, I, I struggled with this one, man. I, I find myself around 8 o'clock getting sleepy. So, yeah, <laughs> man, I'm struggling with this one. Yeah, and the time change now, I guess week three coming, you know, in week three with the time change. So, hey, we have to make the adjustment. And speaking of adjustments, I'm going to ask you right off the bat, as a Southern alum, how do you feel about the Jackson State game? You know the the intensity of that rivalry. But once again, Southern not scoring enough points in the second half, had a lead 17 to 7. It gets away from them. Now officially, officially a losing season. As an analyst as well, how do you look at this ball game and not be just just disgusted. Um, you know, you know, one thing about it, man, I, I can really say that, you know, the kids, you know, played a hard, uh, hard game. Um, this team competed, um, had some opportunities uh, throughout the game to stretch out a lead. It kind of put this one out of reach uh, and, and, and missed on some opportunities. I mean, it's the second half was just kind of how the season has gone for, for, for Southern. You know, start off hot and, and and you know falter there at the end. But you know, I found myself not getting as, as frustrated as I've been in the past. Um, you know, I kind of made you know mention after the Texas Southern game, I kind of knew what what where we were and, and kind of what it was going to be. Um, you know, offensively, we 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 we, we kind of left some opportunities out there. Um, there were some things that, you know, that I, you know, I kind of questioned, but, you know, hey, um, you know, it kind of is what it is at this particular point. Um, what I was excited about is I saw a team that didn't give up, that didn't quit, and lost to the 14th ranked team in the country by four points. And of all the things that have gone wrong this season, I think that's something that you can hang your hat on. And the fact that Southern has been in every ball game this year outside of two of them, and that was Troy and uh, Prairie View A&M. It was in the game, the, the, you know, at halftime with Prairie View. So I think that, you know, that gives you hope for the future for this football team and kind of where we are. Well, now, BJ, in the future, and I understand your point, but it, it's just still frustrating to the fact it would be different if, if they were just blown out in those games. But to, to your point, it's McNeese, FAMU, Jackson State, you, you're, you're winning. And, and simply put, they just couldn't finish. Defensively, they had one of their better games mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. But then you look back at that Texas Southern, that was abominable. You know, and now we see that Mr. Body for Texas Southern is a real deal. But it, it's just been consistently inconsistent, not being able to finish. With that being said, with that being said, excuse me, where do you go? Do you keep everything as is and try to go come back next year and hope for better results? Or do you do you make the change? And also, I'm going to ask you about Grambling State. They decided to make a change. So at what point? Where, where are you at? 
to decide what you're going to do? Well, I think that, you know, at this particular point, I, I think that, you know, change is, is uh, I believe that it's coming. Um, I think Southern is a different, in a different, you know, position than Grambling State. Um, Southern doesn't have to fire anybody. Um, you know, Southern just has to say, hey, we're, we're not going to remove the interim tag and, and we're going to move forward. But, you know, I, I think that change is on the way. I think that this season's had too many peaks and, and valleys. Uh, too many highs, too many lows, not enough. We hadn't been in the middle. You, you don't know which team you're going to get. Um, so I, I think that change is definitely on the way. Uh, but I will say this about this staff and, and, and about this coach. I think that this was to be expected. You have a new coach to come in and take the reins uh, in May. Um, a staff, you know, a lot of those staff members that he brought in, um were brought in late. Um the pieces were there. Um it it, it we 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 started off, you know, one legged, you know, in, in a book in a butt kicking contest. Um so I think that Jason Rollins and that staff they they've done what, what they could do. Um but I I definitely think change is on the way. That is the discussion that's gonna take place. And I think a decision has already been made. We just don't know about it yet. Mm-hmm. And um, next week, the Bayou Classic, I don't think one way or the other, and I could be wrong, and I'll come back and say it. I, I missed the boat on it. I don't think it'll affect a decision that's already been made. They're not going to tell us mm-hmm. just now. But um, you, you hear different things, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, with with but I will say this, both Banks and Dr. Scott, they got to nail this. For Southern Banks, whatever decision they make, they've got to nail it. He's got to nail it. For Dr. Scott, been on the job less than a year, you're replacing a guy who's had success. And Dr. Scott's got to nail it. So ultimately, the decisions that they make will be long-lasting. You agree? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I think you're in the position now, uh, especially with this new swag. Um, when you make a move, it, th- that move has to be – it has to be – uh, um, you got to get the guy. If not, what you do is you, you risk putting your football, your program behind, you know, three, four, five more years. And the way that we're going in football, that's detrimental. Um, it is – Easier to maintain uh, a culture than it is to build one. Um, and and if you get behind, man, it it, it it'll be years uh, before you can get back because you're looking at you make a wrong hire, that person's on, on contract for three or four years. Potentially, you might have to buy that one out in the last year. You, you're setting yourself up behind, so you have to do your due diligence and make sure uh, that you're getting the right man. Uh, for the job. And and I've always said, when you go and get the right man for the job, look beyond your backyard. When you want to go get the guy, the, the guy might not be in your backyard. You might have to go across the street. You might have to go across town. You, you might have to cross state lines. You might have to cross uh, time zones. But get the guy. Don't 
worry about just your backyard. And I think a lot of times when we hear anything about uh, coaching hires, not from the officials, but as fans, as alums, we always want to focus on the backyard. And I think sometimes you can set yourself up. Um, look at Jackson State. They made the backyard higher with Jackson. They made the backyard higher with Hughes. They made the backyard higher uh, with, with Hendrick. You, you got to go beyond that. Um, and, and the last time that Southern went, uh, you know, went beyond the backyard, you know, Pete Richardson, uh, you know, just go, just go get the best guy. Go get the best guy. Yeah. Well, well said, because <laughs> Coach Richardson and, and every coach has, and ha, has had to live up to that su- success. Now, Grambling State with an opening, could be possible other openings, but Alabama State, and when you're talking about backyard, outside your backyard, wow, I wonder what Alabama State, what direction they're going to go, Dr. Cable and, and, and the staff. Where do they look? Do they look in the backyard? Or they do, or do they look outside the backyard? One thing about Alabama State, I like the way that they've conducted this particular search because they have not given any indications of anything. Um, very close to that program, uh, through my dad, he is tight-lipped as possible. Oh, um, you can't get anything from him, BJ. <laughs> you're not getting anything. I got, I got friends uh, that's close to that program. They're not giving you anything. They're tight-lipped, mm. you know, on this. The only thing that I know is that they're getting close to closing this thing out, but they're not getting, giving any indication on where they're, they're, they're leading. I, I knew about some of the earlier candidates, um, and, but outside of that, they're, they're not giving anything. They're going about this quiet, um, and, and they know that they have to get this. Uh, the word out of Alabama State is that they have to get this higher right. Reason being, it's been since 2015 since Alabama State has had a winning season. All right? That's, you know, that's six years. Doesn't sound like a lot, but for an 18-year-old coming out of high school, you were 12 years old, uh, 12 or 11 if you're 18, 17 years old. Last time Alabama State has had a winning season. Um, The last time they made it to a conference title game was 2010. All right? Uh, That was 11 years ago. Those recruits that are coming out right now were nine and eight years old. Seems like a lifetime ago to them. You have to do something to make sure that you stay relevant. And a wrong hire, now you push that from 11 years between division titles to now we're getting into the 15, 16-year range. So they are very, very they're, – they're very, very serious of making sure they get this one right to hit that program uh, in a trajectory that they've been on other sports because they, they're winning in everything else. It's the men's basketball and football, the one that they've fallen behind it. Well, Dr. Cable will have to do his, his homework and, and nail this hire as, well, there could be possibly three, two, three, four more openings. Who knows? In the Southwestern Athletic uh, Conference this upcoming season. Um, Celebration Bowl. Seems like we got one team that's kind of pretty much has stamped their ticket. Am I wrong? South Carolina State? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And thus, going against whoever wins the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Also, BJ, Florida Classic. Big game. Does 
Bethune-Cookman University continue the streak or do you believe FAMU ends the streak, the winning streak by Bethune-Cookman today? Believe it or not, I feel like FAMU has a back against the wall. If FAMU wants any shot at the FCS playoffs, they have to win this ball game and they have to be impressive in, in the fashion in which they do it. FAMU needs this ball game, all right? They, they, they need it, all right? They lose here. You can kiss the FCS playoffs goodbye. Uh, you've had a solid first season in the SWAC, but no one will remember it. You walk away with no division title, no SWAC championship game, no celebration bowl, no FCS playoffs. You walk away with nothing. You walk away empty-handed like you did in 2018 and 2019. If you're Bethune-Cookman, you're playing with house money. No one expects for you to do anything. You didn't get your first win until two weeks ago. Uh, and then now this football team is playing with confidence. Um, I think FAMU gets it, but I think this thing is close. I think they get out by the skin of their teeth. BJ, I said a slim chance of getting an at-large bid. I had a chance to see Southeastern Louisiana. FAMU, a slight chance, right? I mean, they've got to have some luck, some things to go uh, right for them. What percentage would you put on FAMU having an at-large bid or getting one? About a 25% shot right now. Okay. That's much higher than I thought. I would say like 10%. But you're the analyst. You know a little bit more about it than um, I do. And uh, you're right. We'll go back to that that one-point loss of Jackson State in the first game of the season and first conference. Wow. As far as your top five teams in, in black college football, who who do you have in, 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 in that order, one through five? Oh, man, it, it is an all-swag uh, lineup. Uh, first time ever uh, this week, all swag lined up um, at the one spot. I still have Jackson State. Uh, in the two spot, I have Florida A&M. Uh, Prairie View dropped from two to three after their loss. Um, so they're at three now. I moved uh, Alabama A&M up to four and Alcorn State at five. It's interesting. Alabama A&M, they, you know, they had a tough spot. Now they're on the, on the winning streak. If we look to the future, it's still defensively Alabama and them. How can they upgrade the defense? I think that has to be a focus there in recruiting. Um, you know, even with recruiting, you see all the receivers and skill position players that they bring in, and one of the places that they lack is the trenches. Um, with Alabama and them, and, and that's what bites them. If you look at them. Alabama A&M has beaten bad football teams, lost to good football teams. Uh, the, the, the one team that they have beaten with a winning record is South Carolina State. Everyone else is below a 500 football team. The South Carolina State is sitting right there on the edge. If they lose today, they'll go below 500. So I, I think with Alabama A&M, and, and, and this has been consistent over the last few years, they beat bad football teams. They lose to good football teams. And I that I think it's the culture of the program. And they they have been historically they, they've been bad in the trenches. Offensive line, not good. Uh defensive line, worse than them. Uh, they're not a a good tackling football team at all. Uh it, it's 
you know, it it's that offense when they can score points, they're good. But when you can get to the quarterback and slow them down, their defense hasn't shown that they can stop anybody. And and I think that you have to address uh, address that through multiple recruiting classes. I don't think it's going to be one. I think you're going to have to have multiple recruiting classes uh, to get to where you want to be uh, defensively and in the trenches. And you know they they have uh, publicate sometimes like an early look, like a twenty twenty two early look. And when you kind of look at the conference, if you look in the Eastern Division, solid Jackson State, FAMU, very solid. You can almost see them one two again. You know, if we look in the early prediction over on, in the Western Division, I would say Alcorn. This past season, not as good as 18 and, and 19. Question marks, believe it or not, for some of this football program, mm-hmm. after what we've seen in, in, in the fall, then Grambling, question mark. How, how do you see if we project 2022? Could it be wide open in the Western Division? I, I think the East is more settled. Yeah, I think in the East, you know, you you know what you have. You know that Willie Simmons, unless something odd happens, will be at the helm at Florida A and M. Um, unless something odd happens, Deion Sanders will be at the helm at Jackson State. And unless something odd happens, that Connell Maynard will be at the helm of Alabama A and M. Alabama State is a wild card. You don't know who comes into that program and maybe to inject some life there. Um, I think Mississippi Valley is definitely a program on the rise, and you don't know what may happen at Bethune-Cookman. So I think there are some question marks over in the East. In the West is where I have all of the question marks. I don't know how many coaching changes we're going to have in the West. Either guys mm-hmm. getting other opportunities and moving around and then who uh, who's going to be hired in the West coming in. Um, I think, you know, right now, uh, Prairie View got, has it rolling, but you, you hear murmurings of, you know, their coach being candidate, you know, candidates in, in other places, particularly the two schools in Louisiana. Um, and, and then with Alcorn, you know, Fred McNair seems like the most stable guy. Uh, he's an Alcorn guy, but we don't know how much he's fed up with that administration and have they done enough to band-aid and piece together those relationships uh, for him not to shoot the deuces and go somewhere else. So I think it right now is a big old question mark. I don't know where we're going to, we're going to be. I don't think we're going to figure this thing out until all the dust settles and all the coaches are in place. And then we can get a realistic idea on how the the the, the East and the West, particularly the West, uh, looks going into 2022. Man, well well said because it, it's going to be interesting. If, if you're a journalist, a writer, or a podcast host, host of a show, it could be a very interesting time for you as well to, to see what happens. And then even Coach McKinney at Texas Southern, you – They've shown promise, particularly offensively, defensively. They have some issues there. You don't know what will be the situation there. So you're absolutely mm-hmm. right, BJ. I mean, wow. I, I think adding family Bethune Cookman, it put a lot of pressure on mm-hmm. everybody in the conference. And so now ADs are not going to be as uh, lenient as far as when things go wrong, but it's going to be. Uh, a tremendous, tremendous decisions that some director of athletics um, uh, they're they're going to make. Last but not least, uh, BJ, any more conversation about some possible movements in FCS uh, football, even from the black college 
uh, angle. And then also McNeese, they were gone until they were just given a, I say given, yeah, given a sweetheart deal to keep them in the conference. Will we see some major shifts on the FCS level, in your opinion? Um, I think one of the places to look at right now is going to be the Ohio Valley Conference. Um, you know, there are some teams that have been talking about leaving that conference, which would leave them below the minimum threshold of maintaining that conference. Um, so, you know, there are some places to um, look there. I know that uh, Murray State is one of those football teams. You, you just heard rumblings about Southeastern uh, Missouri State. Um, so we, we'll see what happens there. And what happens to Tennessee State? Do they, do they go out and kind of, um, you know, kick the tires on some other conference, or, or do they just wait for, um, you know, the the, the ship to to sink? Um, I think yeah, that's the case. There, it's going to be interesting to see where the Southland goes. Um, I know that they have uh, a few Division Two football teams up in Arkansas, uh, particularly out of that that Great American Conference out of Arkansas. We have Arkansas Tech, Arkansas Monticello, um, some of those teams. Uh, them targeting teams from 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 that conference that's going to be very interesting as well as the MEAC. Uh, what happens in the in in, in the MEAC? Um, you know, are they able to get a team or two to come over to help solidify that conference? Um, and, and kind of what goes there? You heard that the CAA uh, they're looking for additional uh, you know conference members. So this conference realignment, I think that we're just at the beginning of it, uh, and we'll see how it's going to impact, particularly the Ohio Valley Conference the Southland Conference, uh, and the Media and the Athletic Conference. Uh, those conference in, uh, conferences in particular, they're either going to do one or two things. Either those conferences are going to grow or those conferences are going to fall by the wayside. And then that would lead a lot of speculation about could the SWAC ever expand again? A lot of things would have to happen, you know, a domino effect. But we won't think too far in the future on that. Prairie View is taking a thrashing right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess they're going to have to make sure they're healthy and clicking on all cylinders next week because they have an important game. They defeat Valley. Depends on what happens in Jackson. They'll be in the SWAT championship. So it looks like Jackson State and Prairie View, the best bet. But we shall see. BJ, any closing comments on anything pertaining to black college football? I would not sleep on Alcorn State today. Um, got a funny feeling about those Braves today, man. Um, looking at how they played. Yeah, looking at the way they played on last week. It seemed like they, they're excited and, and can't wait for this particular ball game. Uh, so it's going to be interesting in Jackson. And I am waiting uh, for that ball game to start. Man, I might uh, get myself fired up and watch some of the pregame show, man, to kind of get myself fired up for it. But I think that's going to be an electric atmosphere over in Jackson. Would not sleep on the Braves. If this thing is close uh, midway through the third quarter before we get into the uh, fourth quarter, hey, man, all bets are off, man. All corn. You've seen it last week. Uh, when they're rolling and clicking, man, they, they are still one of the best uh, football pro, uh, teams uh, in the conference, I would not sleep on them at all. And then with Jackson State over the last couple of weeks, they've been finding a way. They've been just getting by, just got Mississippi, Mississippi Valley, uh, turned it on against Texas Southern, uh, just got by Southern University. Eventually, that car will hit you. 
Um, so uh, you, you don't know when it's coming. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I'm definitely, definitely when rule out Coach uh, McNair and the Braves uh, over in Jackson today. I called it an upset. You know, maybe I shouldn't have used that word, but I I just think Alcorn State offensively they offer a more of a problem than Southern because Southerners run first and then they pass second. But you know they're limited passing. But Alcorn State, to your point, when they're rolling, they are a true balance mm-hmm. offensive team. Now defensively, they've had some injuries. Defensive have underachieved, but if they can get it rolling, they'll pose a different offensive problem for Jackson State, and we know Jackson State defense is, is tremendous, but you can have success. You just got to stay at it. Um, yeah. Did I ask you about the Florida Classic? Did we talk about that earlier? And, yeah, I think, yeah, family, I think okay. family barely gets by, yeah. Okay, well, it's going to be a dog fight. Well, BJ, appreciate the time as always, and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you next week. Bayou Classic, Southern Grandma State. BJ, you got to do something to make me feel better. (laughs) I'm telling you, I I just got a feeling that Grandma and the Coach Graves, they're gonna they're gonna fight, 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 and throw records out. But I'm kind of concerned about that ball game. And I think but, Coach Gray's gonna have that football team ready to go. Um, you know, I know it's Southern, you know, but you know, we you know, you secretly root for Coach Gray's, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But that man, I, I think that um, you know, records aside, I think you're gonna see a solid football game. I think you're gonna see the best game all year by either by both teams. Um so looking forward to being in New Orleans to, you know, to check it out. And and the one thing about it, man, is that man, th- this is the finale of the season. Um, and I think for both teams, you go into 2022 fresh uh, with 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 uh, a new chief at the helm. Um, so, you know, if you want to get excited about anything, you know, you, you can kind of hang your hat on that. Yeah, boy, it could be an interesting uh, Bayou Classic, and it may look different. Well, we know from one side it's going to look different. Yeah, maybe from both sides, time will tell, and I think very shortly. BJ, have a great weekend. Enjoy some black college football. We'll talk with you next week. All right, Carlos. Thank you for having me. All right. That was BJ Jones of Inside HBCU Football and the Coles Brown Show's Black College Football Analyst. Take a time out. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU diaspora as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. 
Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to MyJBN.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm kind of looking at the chat that's going in on the show. And um, let's see, Dr. Cavill, colleague, basically saying if they win, talking about FAMU, then they are in the FCS playoffs. Don't be surprised. I've given them a slim chance, but what do I know? Um, do you think FAMU can really put a, say, a 20, 20-point 20 win on Bethune-Cookman? I know Bethune-Cookman has struggled this season on a two-game winning streak, but from what I see from the outside looking in with this, this rivalry, Bethune-Cookman has had FAMU's number, but now FAMU has a chance to get an at-large bid in the FCS playoffs. That game is coming up. You can watch it on ESPN+. Uh, Plus. Uh, thanks to Dwight Moore chiming in, watching. Um, he has some predictions. A&M over UAPB, 63-7. He says Texas Southern over Bama State, 31-28. He probably will have a better prediction than me and Charles Evan had on the show. He likes Alcorn by one over JSU, 21-20. And FAMU over Bethune Cookman, 17 to 14. And we'll go back to the Jackson State and Alcorn game. Jackson State has had tremendous success this year. 
They ended the streak against the, the losing streak against Southern University. And I just have the opinion that Alcorn can pull off the upset. And, and I'm saying upset, but they're capable of winning. And this it's a sellout crowd in Veterans Memorial Stadium. Do you believe Alcorn can pull it off? For Jackson State, hey, they said they were going to be a better team. They went in the transfer portal, and it was an immediate success. Now, some of you are talking about also with Southern University. Will they go into the transfer portal heavy and bring in some immediate help? And if we look at a Southern University football team defensively, I've talked to many of you. Team speed has been an issue even under Coach Odoms. This year is no different. And for Southern University, four and six coming into this ballgame next week in the Bayou Classic, that's a losing season. And I'm going to tell you, I'm just shocked. I never saw it coming. And if you go look at my predictions and my colleagues' predictions in the East, most of us said FAMU. Charles Bishop said Jackson State. Of course, he's a Jackson State alum. I got it wrong. I had Jackson State pick fourth. Maybe I had a loss of my senses at that moment. But they were able to come through, and they have been consistent. Now, Charles, I guess, Charles Edmund and B.J. Jones, I guess, have said they've been having some games that they have to come from behind the last few ball games. They believe that that could catch up with them this afternoon against Alcorn State. But if you look at from the spring, and I've, I've, I've talked to some coaches, I've talked to my colleagues, and now it, it seems to be, if we look at it, the spring could have been fool's goal. UAPB. Alabama A&M participating in the, the spring swag championship. Not going to play for the 2021 championship in the fall. Not going to do it. You had teams with high expectations, one being Southern University. Underachieved. That's just quite simple. They simply underachieved. And we talked about it earlier in the show. Post your comments. If you're in the position with Coach Banks, what do you do? Do you open up the coaching search again? I think the decision has been made one way or the other, what they're going to do. But I want to hear from you. What would you do? You open it up or you give Coach Rollins another contract? Do you bring him in and do you say, well, hey, we're going to give you another chance. Another chance, but you have to make some adjustments to your staff. And I'm going to be honest, for the most part, most of the year, I've been disappointed. And I understand Jordan Lewis 
injuries and Devin Cotton, and they've had injuries on the interior defensive line. But I've been extremely disappointed in the defensive coordinator. That's just my opinion. But you see a team that has been consistently inconsistent. Dwight has said it. Just inconsistent. And as much as we talked and woofed about, hey, this team was built. This program was built for a championship. You didn't, you underachieved. I've said Atlanta are bust. Not going to happen this year. So where, where do you go? By the way, we're going to start talking more basketball with Coach Van Petaway, but Southern University did something that they hadn't done before. Nets defeated Tulane in New Orleans, 73 uh, to 70. Got a chance to watch that the, the last three or four minutes on ESPN+. Plus. And then Southern University dropped a tough one to uh, South Dakota last night. And when you look at, and we've talked about it before, talked about it with Coach Petaway and different colleagues, different guests come on the show. There seems to have been some improvement in the non-conference games. But there have also been some blowout. And then when you look at it on the women's side, you know, I think parity is not there as much so on, on the men's side. It is a big gap between the haves and the have-nots on the basketball side, or women's side, that is, specifically. So it's going to be conference time pretty pretty quickly. And they're going to be judged, I guess, on how well they perform in conference play. But non-conference, wow. The objective is to bring in revenue, and a good, as much as they can, win a game or two if they can, and they can prepare for conference play. But how does that make you feel? I don't feel right about that. And, and we've talked about it in the past about how you can develop a uh, non-conference schedule that will bring some revenue in, That'll give you more chances to win in non-conference. And so when you're coming into conference play, you're not two and twelve, one and fifteen. To me, to me, that kills the excitement. Coming into conference play. What incentive is there to come to see a team that's one and fifteen, two and twelve? And, and and don't talk about, well. If you're a true fan or you're a true supporter or if you're a true alum of the school, you should support anyway. Understand. But I just think if if if, if the record is much better or somewhat better, five and eight or, or six and eight or seven and seven, that gives more incentive or uh, more excitement for your supporters and your alums coming into uh, the, the basketball conference play. 
And then we've talked about it before. You can develop some, some tournaments right at HBCUs on their court. You can do it. But it's just a matter of looking at the market, knowing your demographics, and how that will help you achieve to bring the excitement into conference play. On that note, I'm going to take a final timeout on today's show. You're watching the Colos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. to this final segment of today's show, the Coles Brown Show, exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm going through some of the conversation that's going on. I appreciate it. Um, that you're talking. I love it. Kyle says Jackson State and Alcorn are both fresh. And he also states Alcorn didn't play in the spring, and JSU is basically a new team with new players, and they were able to put it together, and they're the 2021 Eastern uh, Division champ. Kyle also says a full head coach search should already be going on. We have time to make a good choice. He's referring to the question I asked, will Southern University open up the coaching search? I think the decision's already been made. We just don't know about it. And I don't think the Bayou Classic 
a win or a loss will affect the decision that's already uh, been been made. Also, Willie, appreciate you uh, watching. Say we are killing the fan base before conference, and 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 again, I understand. I don't like it, but I understand ads and having to play these guarantee games. But once again, I think you can do do a balance. You know, not as many of those games, more games against uh, mid-majors, and you have it, – it should reflect a, at least a, a better record going into conference play. Because as I stated in the last segment, there's no excitement. No excitement coming in if your team has played – 15, or let's say 12, 13, 14 of the non-conference games on the road. Then they come in, and I understand from an athletic standpoint, you want to play against top competition to see where you stand. But it is very hard to come in to conference play. And by the way, a coach will be uh, judged on the play in the conference but they come in and, and they're two and 12, two and 14. But a big victory, Southern on the basketball court has some talent, some transfers. They're trying to get the cameras together by playing these non-conference games. They they had a big win last Saturday against Tulane, 73 to 70 in New Orleans. First time defeating uh, Tulane in New Orleans. They dropped a close one last night to South Dakota, but you know, both men's and women's basketball team, not just Southerners, but throughout the conference, they're going to be on the road. They're going to play a, a very tough non-conference schedule, but that's just me, how I feel about uh, the conference play. We've also talked about all corner state and Jackson state and football today, about to start in about 10 minutes. On ESPN Plus, I'm calling Alcorn for the victory. If I'm wrong, I'm sure Jackson State fans will let me know about it. They've been letting me know about picking Jackson State fourth before the season started. I'll have to live that down. Yeah, I'm a big boy. I can live it down. I was wrong. I was wrong. But so also some of my other colleagues. They were wrong with picking the East. In the West, I picked Southern University. Most had Southern University or Alcorn State at the Black College Sports Network. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Prairie View can wrap it up. And then we look forward to 2022. We've seen some coaching vacancies in the conference. I think there will be more. Coach Dooley's name was missing. A hot commodity. You hear that name associated with this opening, that opening, coming back to Southern University, cut his teeth there under Coach Richardson. I guess Coach Dooley agent is a pretty happy guy right now. And then there's still the possibility of staying at Prairie View and him. And by the way, they're taking it on the chin against Texas A&M. Wow. Dr. Reed, was that schedule put 
before you got there? How are you going to play Texas A&M this late in the season? Not me. Wouldn't do it. But I guess money is the major factor. You know, I have a, I, I quote uh, <laughs> Reverend Knight. He says, the lack of money is the root of all evil. Well, you know, that's blasphemy for people who really uh, into the Bible. But if that's a situation, sometimes I guess you can't turn down the finances. They don't have a chance to be a uh, represent the Western Division in the 2021 SWAC uh, football championship. Southern dropped a 21-17 decision to Jackson State. And once again, uh, as BJ stated, I'll give him that. They played hard. They played hard all year. That's never been the question. But being able to finish and put in together four complete quarters. I only saw it once. And I understand there were injuries, but that's everybody goes through that. They played a complete game against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Jaguars, a losing season. Even with a win next Saturday, still a losing season. We've talked about it. Where do you go from here? Coach Banks, Roman Banks, he has a major decision to make. I told you in the next coming weeks, we're going to put up a graphic that shows that Southern University and Capital Improvements on campus upwards of $200 million. Maybe I should get Des Moines Rutledge, chairman of the board. That's what I'll do. I'll send an invite to him to come on the show and talk about it. That's a game changer. It really is. The indoor practice facility, oh, God, you have to have it. You know, parking garage, the special events, new buildings on campus, tremendous. I'm going to send an invite, and I'll give you a report next week when that interview will happen or if we'll get it. I think I'm still in good graces with DeMarie Rutledge, chairman of the board. If I can get Tony Clayton to come on, I believe I can get DeMarie Rutledge on. And, you know, me and Tony Clayton, have, we have a very culpable past. Bayou Classic next week, Southern University and Grambling State. We'll have the results of the Florida Classic. Bethune-Cookman and FAMU. I like FAMU in this ball game. But if Bethune-Cookman pulls off the win, I'll be happy. I like Bethune-Cookman University. Go Wildcats, go. Someone asked where are they going to pull all this off. Talking about the uh, capital improvements, that's on their plan. But you know what? No, you can't do it all at once, of course. But if you can show progress, buildings coming up, 
and you're doing this, we can actually see it. That that that's a good thing. But if I can get DeMond Rutledge John to talk about it, it is straight from the source how they're going to do it and talk about the plan. I think that's a good thing. I have all corn with the win today. I've got Fam U being Bethune Cookman. We will see if I'm right. My predictions have not been the best as of late. But we will see. Want to thank the guests for today, Charles Edman and Brandon BJ Jones. Also producing today's show, Brian Fulford. He is a FAMU graduate. I know he wants the streak to be over. He'll feel like Charles Bishop, finally. Jackson State defeated Southern University. And you know, when you're talking about a rivalry, it goes both ways. You win some, you lose some. It should never come to the place where one way or the other, you, you lose seven to eight games in a row. A rivalry is just that. You go back and forth. You win some, you lose some. But I want to thank Brian for producing uh, today's show. Don't forget, you if you feel that you want to make a donation to help out the Carlos Brown Show, you can do so. Cash out the Carlos Brown Show. Until next Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 p.m. or 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. It'll be another edition of the Coles Brown Show, heard exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until next Saturday, as always, peace and God bless. 